Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. If you wouldn't mind to take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the book of 2 Timothy, chapter number 3. The book of 2 Timothy and chapter number 3. We're in a brand new series dealing with the issues of life answered from the Word of God. And with this series, what we're trying to do is take issues, real concerns that people have and be able to answer them in a biblical way. And so as we come up today, we're coming to another question that is honestly asked fairly often by people who are interested in religious things, but not quite taking a step. So we want to be able to answer this question. And we find in our text, in the book of 2 Timothy, chapter number 3, and we'll read this first, and then we'll reply to the question or give the question. 2 Timothy, chapter 3, and notice with me, if you don't mind, in 2 Timothy chapter number 3, notice with me in verse 14. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. That, and from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which were able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. And if you don't mind, if you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, if you have not already, notice with me in verse number 15, the phrase, the holy scriptures. The holy scriptures. And with this, we're going to ask a question that some people ask, is the Bible the Word of God? Is the Bible the Word of God? Now this is important because if the Bible is just another book, then it's just another book. But if this Bible is indeed the very Word of God, then it changes the authority of this book. It makes it different because if this Bible is indeed the Word of God, then we should respond to it differently than something else. We should read it differently than other things. If this is God's word, then it should have authority over us like nothing else. This matters quite a bit because it determines what is our authority for faith and for practice. So what does the Bible have to say? Well, notice if you don't mind, as we examine this, and we want to understand this thing, and we want to be able to speak to people, first thing we want to understand is the testimony of the Bible concerning itself. The testimony of the Bible concerning itself. What does the Bible have to say about itself concerning with this question, is the Bible the Word of God? By the way, as a little point of reference, the Bible, the word the Bible is not found in the Bible, except maybe on your cover. You don't find the word Bible in there. The Bible is always referred to, as we underlined here, as the Holy Scriptures, or the Word of God. The Bible is a word that we have used to try to identify what we're talking about, and I'm thankful for it. When we say Bible, people know what we're talking about. But the Bible identifies itself 
as the Word of God. The Holy Scriptures. Notice again in verse number 15. And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which were able to make thee wise unto salvation. Through faith which is in Christ Jesus, all the Scripture is given by inspiration of God. So let's start here. What does the Bible have to say about itself? Well, first of all, we understand that it says that it is inspired. The word inspired comes from the same word that carries the idea of, excuse me, of God breathe. The word inspiration is God breathe. And the same breath that God breathed into man to make him a living soul is the same breath that God breathed into the Bible. It is a living book. That's what the idea carries the idea that it is given by inspiration of God. It comes from the very breath of God. Who is the author of the Bible? As people are asking, is the Bible the word of God? Then we understand, yes it is. Who is the author of the Bible then? Well, notice with me, if you don't mind, we're going to come back to 2 Timothy in just a second. But notice with me in the book of (laughs) 2 Peter. The book of uh, 2 Peter. Notice with me in the book of 2 Peter in chapter number 1. The book of 2 Peter, chapter number 1. And notice with me in verse number 20. 2 Peter, chapter 1, and verse number 20. In the book of 2 Peter, chapter 1, and verse number 20, the Bible says this. It says, knowing this first, this means this is important. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. Okay, notice that we're talking about the Scriptures. That's how the Bible refers to itself. He's the Word of God, the Scriptures. That no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. We're going to continue on. But what that means is that the Bible doesn't mean something to you and then mean something different than me. That when God gave His Word, He meant one thing by it. And that we're not supposed to find out what does the Bible mean to me. We're supposed to find out what did God mean when he gave us the scriptures. We're to look and see what the Bible has to say concerning itself. And there is a way of doing it. A way of asking questions. Who wrote it? Who are they talking to? How did, they underst- how did the audience understand? Those are questions that we could ask. But for our purposes here, we understand that God is the one who wrote it. And when he wrote it, he meant one thing by it. It does not mean something to you and mean something different to me. There's one interpretation. Now, there may be many applications that's different, but there's one interpretation. Notice as it goes on in verse 21. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will And how did we get the Bible? Verse 21, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So what we have here is that God used human instruments, human penmen to record the word of God. Now let's examine this, all right? So if I was to write my name on a piece of paper, what wrote down um, my name? Good. The answer is both of them. All right. There was a power behind the pen. The pen was the instrument used, but there was a power behind it. And so the pen was surrendered to allow the power to write exactly what the power wanted. Right. What would happen if my pen decided it wanted to have its own way? And so as I try to write, it fought me. 
Is it going to come up with the same thing? No. Notice as the Bible describes them in verse 21. For prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God. Notice the description. These are not people that's antagonistic. These are people who want to be used of God and people who were surrendered to be the human penmen. We know that the scriptures were written over a space of uh, 1,500 years with about 40 different penmen. Now, we all have different pens. You guys have pencils up here. You have sort of a pencil type thing. Somebody has a black ink, but you know what? Our blank ink is going to be a little bit different. So what we're going to have is that different human instrumentality are going to write a little bit differently because they're different instruments. They come from different backgrounds. You have shepherds. You have uh, Pharisees. You have kings. You have um, uh, farmers. You have all kinds of different people that were used as different instruments. And each of the different instruments were different. But God was the force behind them to get across exactly what he wanted. Once again, verse 21, for prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. What had happened is that God is the author of the Bible, and he is the one who penned the word of God using human instrumentality. Now, why are we making a big deal out of this? Because one of the things that people will sometimes say today is that the Bible was written by a bunch of men. According to the testimony of the Bible, itself in the book of Second Timothy or Peter chapter number one verses 20 and 21 God wrote the Bible and he used human instruments to get it done this was not written by man now why is this so important we'll turn back to me to the book of Second Timothy chapter number three. Second Timothy chapter number three in Second Timothy chapter number three where we had started off with Let's now kind of see this again. 2 Peter chapter number 3 and verse 15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Theopneusis, which is the word for it, God breathed. That God, the Holy Spirit, moved human penmen to get across exactly what God want it to get accomplished. Now, why is this so important? Because if the Bible is indeed the word of God, meaning that it is the words of God, God gave us his words, then this should be different. This is one of the reasons me personally, as pastor, I want people to have their own Bible in their hand. Let's show it. We did this in camp. Have your Bible and hold it up. I want to see your Bible. Everyone should have their own copy of the word of God in their hand or there's something wrong. You should not be interested in pastor's words as much as you are interested in the word of God. This is one of the reasons why me, because I'm different, I don't even like phone apps. Because the Bible's not an app. There's something different about opening up and looking for yourself and to see what the Bible has to say. Why do I say that? Because... Look at your phone app, Facebook, whatever else. And so what happens is you tend to read it the same. Oh, Facebook article. Oh, the Bible. There should be something different about it because it's God's word. You should not read the Bible like you would a newspaper. You should read it differently because it is God's word.
There is an authority that goes along with it. There is a difference that goes along with it. We should treat it differently. What do I mean by that? Again, I'm so crazy. I know I'm just telling you right off that I'm crazy and I'm peculiar. I don't set anything on top of my Bible because it's God's words. Even the way that I treat, treat my Bible, I try to treat it differently because of the respect for God's word. And if we train ourselves to respect God's word, we treat it differently in our minds. That's why we don't get in there after church or just toss it in the dashboard in the back and then Sunday we'll pick it back up, dust it off and bring it. There should be something different about the way that we treat it because it is God's word. The way that we respond to it because the Bible itself calls it God's word. Now we could go over passage after passage after passage and we'll look at a couple. But do you know that there's one thing that God said that he placed above his name? Now God's name is pretty important. He has a Ten Commandment over that we should not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. But you know there's one thing that God has placed above his name? His word. Again, I'm explaining why I don't do certain things or I ask certain things. Because if he has a whole Ten Commandment that it says that thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. He finishes it off. But he will not hold him guiltless who taketh the name of the Lord thy God in vain. But then he says that there's one thing above his name and that's the word of God. We understand we should treat the Bible differently. And we should respond differently to God's word. Because he has placed his word above his name. There should be something different. Again, this is what the Bible has to say about itself. Turn, um, ah, let's turn here. Um, it says, all scripture is current present tense given by inspiration of God and is profitable. Do you understand that God promised to keep his word? The Bible talks about, um, <laughs> I'll just tell you where it's found in the book of Isaiah chapter 40. You know, in Isaiah 40, it says that forever God's word is settled in heaven. It says that in the book of Psalms, too. Forever. Do you know that God doesn't have a different Bible up in heaven than he has here? God has the same word. He promised to preserve his word and to protect it. I want you to notice this. All scripture is given. That is is present tense. Notice again in verse 15. And from a child... Paul is speaking to Timothy, thou hast known the holy scriptures. Now when Paul is writing this, he's referring to Timothy. Timothy is about 30 years old, so backwards back in time just a bit. And let's just say about 30 AD, approximately. All right, when, when um, Timothy is a young man getting uh, taught the scriptures uh, as a child. All right, now he is about a thousand years old of David. So when he's being taught Psalm 23, does he have an original copy signed by David of Psalm 23? No, he does not. And not after a thousand years difference. You know what he has? A copy of a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. And yet God is still saying all scripture is present tense. The copy that you have in your hand is present tense inspired of God. Why? Because God gave his word, and then he preserved his word. That we don't have a different Bible that we have in our hand than God has different in heaven. Because God promised that he would preserve his word and give it to us for all generations. Again, Psalm 12, 6 and 7. The Bible says so much about itself. I'm not going to go chase down all these rabbits. I'm answering the question, is the Bible the word of God? 
And I'm trying to give you some tools for you to let you know the Bible is indeed the word of God. And we should be able to explain to someone. Well, we know the Bible talks about itself quite a bit in the word of God. Explaining that it is the word of God. It's the holy scriptures that God gave us his word. That holy men were moved as they... Uh, as Uh, spake as the Holy Ghost moved them. We understand that God promised to preserve his word, that his word is different than anything else. But what about Jesus? What did Jesus say about his word? We know that Jesus is God. What did Jesus say about his word? Well, we know there's quite a bit. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 12. Again, I can't show you, I don't have the time to show you all the things that the Bible has to say about what Jesus says about the scriptures, but let's just look at a couple. In Matthew chapter 12, verses 38 through 40, notice this. And certain of the scribes and Pharisees answered, said, Master, we would see a sign from thee. But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. But there should be no sign given to to it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so that the Son of Man should be three days and three nights in the heart of earth. So let's stop. Jesus just gave historical credence to the story of Jonah and the whale. Now, for most people who hate the Bible, they would say, Ah, you certainly can't believe the Bible's true. There's no way that a man can survive inside of a whale of a belly. Well, Jesus did. Jesus said that was true. Jesus said that historical account of a man being swallowed by a whale for three days, that happened. Jesus is saying the Bible is true. By the way, history says it's true too. In 1888, um, as some British whalers were chasing after a whale, they had a man go overboard. Three days later, they caught the whale they were looking for. And as they brought the whale overboard and cut it open, there was that missing sailor guy who was inside of the whale for three days. It happened again. So we understand that God's not far-fetched, that these things will truly happen. Well, what about other things? There's other things that are fantastical in our mind. No way that it could have happened. Well, let's see what Jesus had to say. Notice with me, if you don't mind, in Matthew 24. Matthew 24, notice with me in verse 35, starting at verse 35. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. Oh, this is wonderful things. You know, God promised that his word will not pass away. He promised it's going to stand up. But notice what he does to verify this. Verse 36. Um, But... Of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. As the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they shall eat and drink, marrying, given marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark. And knew not until the flood came and took them away, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be uh, in the field, and one shall be taken, and the other left. And it goes on. But you know what he said here? He said the biblical account of Noah and the flood 
was true. What happened in Noah and the flood? Well, God was displeased with man. And so God sent rain to fall down on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, flooding the earth and killing everyone who was not on the boat with Noah and the animals. You say, that sounds so fairytale-ish, so outlandish. Jesus said it was true. Jesus said it was true. Do you know that Jesus talked about creation? We're not going to turn there, but he spoke that creation. He said that in the beginning was man. So either Jesus was wrong, Jesus didn't know about science, or he was right. I believe he was right. And so I had someone just this week says, preacher, I, I just have a hard time believing this thing. I believe in a gap theory. I believe that between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2, that millions of years occurred. All right, do you believe Jesus or do you not? It comes simple. Do you believe in the authority of God? Yes, Jesus is right. Either Jesus is right or he cannot be my savior. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Jesus said the Bible is true. Whether it was creation, the flood, Jonah and the well. He goes back and gives several accounts in the Bible that said that was all true. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Notice with me in Luke chapter number uh, 24. Again, I could turn to passage after passage talking about this. The Bible is true. The Bible stands. Not because the Bible says so alone, but Jesus himself said the Bible is true. And if we can't believe Jesus, then who can you believe? Matthew 20, or Luke 24, Luke 24, and verse 25. He's speaking to the people on the road to Aramaeus right after the resurrection. Uh, Luke 24, 25. Then he said unto them, O fools, and slow to heart to believe, all, what does all mean? All. All that the prophets have spoken. Do you know that Jesus said all the things that are found in the Old Testament scriptures, the prophets, that's all true. All of it. You said that God had killed uh, a whole slew of, Numbers passing me, 275,000 Assyrians. Yeah, he did that. And one night, absolutely. All these accounts are true. Jesus goes back and said everything in the Old Testament that is true. I'm giving my stamp of approval. In fact, later on in John, he gives the stamp of approval on the New Testament and says the Holy Spirit's going to speak all these things unto you. Jesus says the Bible is true. So the Bible says it's the Bible. Jesus says it's the Bible. Oh, but you know, so many other people can say that the Bible is true too. We have the testimony of other people. You know, there's wonderful thing about the Bible is that it's had influence over people like no one else. No other program, no AA, no other thing has changed lives like this book. To see what God has done. The personal testimony to see what God has done. And we can get saved by hearing the word of God. That I, Someone says, how can I know for sure I'm going to heaven? Well, I trusted in the promises that God said. And it worked. And it worked. You see, we keep things simple. What does the Bible have to say? What does the Bible have to say? Now, we also know that if we want to find if it works, it means it has to be obeyed. 
You know, there's so many scholars and so many whatever else who study the Bible, but they never apply the Bible. They never obey the Bible. And so the Bible doesn't work for them. But when we choose to obey the Bible, it works every time. That God does a wonderful work. And so what we're encouraging you is to have the testimony. The Bible is true. And you can trust it. Now, let me also give you a thing that because the Bible is true in God's work, that it's under attack like no one else, like nothing else. That today kids go to Bible colleges, some Bible colleges, lots of Bible colleges, and they go to cemeteries, I mean seminaries, where professors will try to convince them that the Bible is not true. They'll go to schools, they'll watch a PBS special, they watch something, and it's constantly attacking the authority of God's Word. Why? Because Satan hates this book. He knows if people start obeying it, that what happens is that we'll get closer to God and find out more about who He is. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in Him. Satan wants to cause doubt. In fact, the very first thing that Satan ever said in the Bible was, yea, hath God said. He tried to question God's word from the very beginning. He tried to question it to cause doubt, and that doubt will come to the place where we disobey. The Bible's under attack. But for us, we must stand that the authority that God's, this is God's word. Now, by the way, there is so much more. I'm just giving you like just a quick surface thing of it. Next year, we're going to be having a whole year of the Bible. We're going to take our time to go through these terms and to explain what we believe and why we believe it in a way that you could take it and explain to someone else. But there's a question that people have. Is the Bible indeed God's word? And we should be able to take the Bible and say, yes, it is. But more than our words, do you behave like the Bible is God's word? Do you treat it? Like the Bible is God's word. Do you obey it like it's God's word? If we're truly followers of God, we're going to be people of the book. You cannot be a spiritual person without first being a scriptural person. You cannot be spiritual if you're not in your Bible. You can't be close to God if you're not in your Bible. You cannot, you cannot, you cannot. Because it is God's word that we know of him. In fact, it is the only way that we know of God is through His Word. Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three zero eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three zero eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.